Welcome to Nathan Cage Injury Podcast. On the couch today, I've got Alex Legui. Hello. TV Sports Centre. How you doing? Good, how are you? Amazing, thank you. You said your name really quickly there. Did I? Yeah. Nathan Cage Injury Podcast. No, da, 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 da. <laughs> I think I've just done it so many times. <laughs> it's just a habit now. It's like Nathan Cage Injury Podcast. <laughs> but welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Um, I've been trying to get you on for a long time. Well, here I am. Now you're here. Yeah. So, people want to know, how did you get into TV sports presenting? So, I went to theatre school. I actually wanted to be, uh, I wanted to be in the West End. I didn't want to be, a, I had, actually presenting didn't really exist when I was younger. Obviously it did, but I, it wasn't like, um, people didn't train for it. No. It wasn't in the same way that it is now. And people want to be a presenter. And um, so at theatre school, I spent three years there doing musical theatre and realising that actually I am not built for musical theatre in any shape or form. Like I loved the three disciplines, the acting, singing and the dancing, and I sort of ended up doing those separately. But combining them, it was just, for me, it was just a bit too, I was never going to be tits and teeth. Do you think that's... <laughs> a human. <laughs> do, you, do you think that's because you may have been told that you weren't going to be? Or do you think... You yeah, just, maybe, yeah. maybe. Do you, do you think some of it come? Do you know... As a, as a child, people say, oh, you can't do that. You're not going to be able to do yeah. that. Because they're worried that if it doesn't happen, you're going to be, like, depressed or yeah. upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was pretty shit, though, as well. <laughs> Can I swear? Yeah, of course you can, yeah. <laughs> I was. I was. Just because I... Yeah, I just couldn't do... And also, I suppose, the roles that we were doing at theatre school were all quite... were quite cheesy. Mm. And I just thought, I never... I just can't be this human. It was just never going to happen. Um... But it was during probably my third year when I started, I started doing promo work and, and I kept getting asked by these promo companies to lead the event or they'd be like, oh, you know, you're, you're confident and blah, blah, blah. Would you mind being the spokesperson for this event and stuff? And I thought, oh, okay, I'm quite enjoying this side of things. I wonder if there's a job in this. Yeah. Still not really putting two and two together. Um, then I came out of theatre school and pursued the acting route and the singing route as, and two totally different, you know, as, as separate disciplines and, and sort of spent five years as an actress. And during that time, I went for a job uh, in the local paper, a Maidenhead advertiser that was looking for an events organiser. And it turned out to be for a track day company called, for a company called RMA. And I turned up to this guy's house and um, had this interview. I didn't really know what it was. I didn't really understand what he was saying to me. Either. I had no idea what a track day was or any of those things. Um, he was like, so are you free next weekend? It'd be great if you could come and do this, come and work for us. I was like, okay, what are we doing? And he went, um, we're going to spa. And I thought, oh, I love a good spa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, all right, I'll be there. Yeah, fine. Car. I didn't know what was going on. So he picked me up on the Friday and we drove to Belgium and spent the weekend playing in amazing cars. Like yeah. I, I effectively had to sign people on and help with the, the driver briefing and stuff like that. But other than that, I basically got handed a helmet and got to go and muck about in ridiculous cars. Yeah. And come the Sunday, there was, he had like a half hour beginners session and Adrian Newey, who was the McLaren designer, a huge designer in Formula One in motorsport, he was there, he was one of the RMA members 
and he'd bought his Porsche and he said, well, if you want to, you can drive my, my car and I'll teach you. Well. So that was my first experience. So come the end of that weekend, I was like, this world is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it is so much fun. Um, so then finished that weekend and Graham, my boss, was like, okay, well, our next one is at Nürburgring in Germany. Okay, cool. No, I didn't, never heard of it. So same thing happened. I got driven to Germany and anyone who knows what the Nürburgring is like, it's uh, like 14 kilometers of unadulterated pleasure. It's, <laughs> it's so, it's so scary. It's just insane. Yeah. And I met a woman called Sabine Schmitz, who at that point mm. was presenting the German Top Gear. And she um, was one of the instructors of, our, of this company. So she took me out in her car with me driving. So again, my second track that I ever drove was the <laughs> bloody Nürburgring <laughs> with Sabine Schmidt. So again, at the end of that weekend, I was like, what is going on? This is amazing. <laughs> Have to do more of this stuff. Um, so I kept working for them and, and obviously I learned loads and loads of stuff about the cars, about, I was meeting, I mean, little did I know that now, tw 10, hang on, oh God, <laughs> I was 19, 20, it's coming oh out. my God, it's 20 years ago, <laughs> I was like 10 years ago, no, 20 years ago, the people that, are, that I, I still know Adrian Newey, I still know Anthony Reid, people that were quite big names then yeah. in that company are still people that I am linked with now, yeah. so it was, it was so good. Um, so yeah, I carried on working with Graham for a while, off and on, learning loads. I actually, the following year, went to the Nürburgring and took my national B racing license. He puts, put all that together. By that point, I'd done quite a few and he'd been, I'd just been learning loads. And then a job came up on one of my acting websites um, for the McLaren Technology Centre looking for a, a host. Nice. And... Um, and at that point, I just, I just won a thing called BBC Introducing uh, from my music, singing, songwriting stuff. So I just sort of started going down this music route and this presenter thing came up and I was like, God, oh, man, which one do I do? And so I rung Graham, the, uh, this boss, and said, this job's come up at McLaren. Like, what do I do? I've just decided I'm going to be a singer. <laughs> He's like... You can do both. Yeah. Like, cool, go for it. Absolutely wow. go for it. Um, and I went and I got it. And then I had like three or four weeks of really intensive training because the, the McLaren Technology Center is on a whole new level yeah. of um, like intricate anal data, knowledge, uh, yeah, yeah, down to like the floor, everything. Ron Dennis was so particular. And as the host, we had to know all these stories wow. and tell people and go. And we, it was like a three hour tour. And we'd talk to them about all the cars down the boulevard. We'd take them into the wind tunnel. We'd teach them about brakes, about carbon fiber, everything. So it was like a really quick degree in motorsport that I gained there and then was armed with an awful lot of knowledge. And I had to know enough so that when some of the, sorry about the stereotype, but there were some chauvinistic Italian assholes that would literally say to me, but you're a girl. Oh. And so I'd be like, right, <laughs> are you ready? <laughs> 
And so it was really good. That was really good training. And that just then opened up loads of worlds. And, um, and I'd spent quite a lot of time down in the gym with the trainer. And it, at that point, it was Lewis Hamilton and Jensen Button, our drivers. So I would interview them and I'd watch them in the gym and I'd learn an awful lot. Jensen was doing loads of triathlons and, and Ironman and stuff like that. And I read an article in the, on the BBC website that said some guy had put a thing going, oh, drivers aren't athletes. Um, wow. And there were about 30 comments underneath going, yeah, you know, how hard can it be? All they have to do is sit in a car and all this stuff. And so that made me think, okay, well, I know that's not true. Clearly people don't realise that, or, you know, there are some people out there who don't. Mm. So that sparked an idea to write a treatment for a show, um, delving into whether they are or aren't. So I then contacted a company at that point, you probably know them, the Active Channel on Sky. And uh, I contacted them and just just threw this treatment at them and, and they were like, cool, yeah, we'll make it. So then for the next three months, um, in and around McLaren and stuff, I then went off with one of their guys and I went to touring cars, British touring cars, F1, like all all different sorts of um, motorsport and picked a driver from each different element to compare and contrast yeah. and see what they do physically and mentally to make them an elite athlete and then put it together into what actually ended up being quite a shit show. But, um, <laughs> it's on YouTube now. Like, I would love to recreate it because the idea was, was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, was it just badly produced? It was just so, it was so badly produced yeah. and so badly... Like they, I had no control over the edit or any of that stuff, so I ended up watching it afterwards and being like, oh... <laughs> Oh God, I would never say that stuff. Like the voiceover was just awful. Anyway, while I was doing that, I then met loads of people and um, a producer, a director was at the British Touring Car Press Day and he said, clearly you're here, you're filming, you know motorsport. Would you be interested in presenting some stuff for Motors TV? So I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> so that was it. I left McLaren and then... Did about three years on British motorsport, yeah. different championships, and then um, then it wasn't paying very well at all. So I ended up I started teaching. I got my teaching qualifications during that time, and started teaching musical theatre and performing arts at uh, Amersham and Wickham College mm-hmm. as like a bread and a reliable source of income. I was then gigging an awful lot as well. And um, it must have been quite hard. That's a lot of work. I was literally, I was juggling like juggling a lot of different hats, and but I was loving like all of it. I was loving. Um, Were there any parts you thought this is? uh, Was there any point where you were doing so much at one time you thought I can't do this anymore? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, and um, yeah, mainly because of the financial, not because of not being able to cope with juggling and doing a lot. It's more that you feel like you're doing so much. Like, when am I actually going to be able to pay my rent this yeah. month? You mm-hmm. know, like, it felt so unfair. that I, and that, But that's, that's been the story of my life. Like, it, I've always been that human. Yeah. I'm like, literally, I should be earning a packet. Yeah. <laughs> 
I work so hard. It was always that sort of mentality. But people always perceive people as on TV as earning loads of money no. all the time. And they're, they're wrong. They're so wrong. Especially when it, you know, especially in club motorsport and stuff like that. There is no money. But you love the job. But I love the job. Yeah. I love the job. So it was worth it. And in music, there's no money. You know, no. I wasn't being paid for any of my gigs in singing. Wow. I just loved it. And, I, and it was working. And I was doing festivals and stuff. I just loved performing. Did the money come second? Because a lot of people watching this thinking, well, hold on, you know, is it, does she just love what she does and then thinks about the money later? Or was there a time where you're thinking, I just need to earn the money? Was there a choice in your life where you thought, I need to go for that just because I now need to sort of get that financially set. That was why I started teaching. Because I was like, I have to do something. Otherwise, I am... I, I, I'm going to have to move back to my parents, you know? Like, <laughs> and I really didn't want to. And I'd had to a few times. And by this, by this point, I was... Um, I was in quite a long-term relationship. I was getting married and all those sorts of things. And um, so I was like, I have to... I do need to just grow up a little bit. Or in yeah. my brain, it was a, I need to just kind of do something a little bit more sensible. Um, so I managed to do the teaching and that did pay me, you know, that sort of made me, well, at least paid the rent, you yeah. know? Um, and it, but it meant that I was then compromising my passion for money. money. Yeah. And that's never worked for me. I just, I, I just, I, I, need to do things creatively yeah. otherwise I implode yeah and that's more important I would rather be happy yeah totally I'd rather live in a yurt or in a treehouse yeah but be so happy than be rich and do you think that's because you're quite content within yourself like you understand who you are as a person because obviously when like speaking for yeah. you and speaking to you earlier on like you 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 come across as if like you know who you are I would say around that time, because I ended up divorcing the guy that I was with, I would say around that time I was starting to feel confused about who I was mm. and the pressure of people and life saying, well, you really should earn a bit more money, you should do these things. So then before I knew it, I was being becoming a teacher more than anything else. And don't get me wrong, there was nothing wrong with being a teacher. Good. And I loved it and I loved my students and it was a great part of my life, but it just... I realised that I was going to, we would go for dinner or something and uh, we'd meet new people and my then husband would say, oh, this is my wife, she's a teacher, without any of the other bits. Wow. And I'd be like, when did I become that? Just, yeah. just the, because that's not who I am. No, that's, that's not right. me. Yeah. I'm not, I'm an artist, I'm a creative, I've, 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 I've not a driver, but I was doing that. Sort of lost, I had been you sort doing of lost your identity. Really completely lost my identity. Um, and so, yeah, I blew all that out of the water anyway and got rid and went back to, to presenting you. and being me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and actually, I, th I think probably around that time, I remember covering a class um, and really feeling like I'd hit rock bottom a little bit. In, in that identity crisis, probably. And it was, I remember literally before my students came in, I was checking my emails and I'd had an email from a, a man called Alessandro, who was the producer of the World Touring Car Championship for Eurosport. And he emailed me asking me if I would be interested in presenting that. And I remember it so clearly, because I remember being like, oh my God, universe, you have literally, it was like I had to be, so desperate 
to appreciate that email. Yeah. I, I, I can like almost relive Nothing it like because flying. I remember, yeah, yeah, oh my God. Like I can remember it so clearly. Do you think, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of his guests, a lot of my amazing guests, they, they sort of believe if you sort of, when you want something so badly yeah. enough, it comes. Yeah. Do you believe in that? Yeah. Like when you're at that point when you need it and want it so badly, it just appears. Yeah, I'm a, I, I am a bit of a fan of the law of attraction. Mm. Not just, not because of the, I don't, you know, like, People will say it's mumbo jumbo, fine. But there's a difference in, like we were talking about earlier with people being down and negative and da la la la. People don't wanna be around you if you're giving off negative energy. Mm -hmm. And I think that part of positive energy and vibes and being open to stuff like that makes other people around you warm and want to also be, they wanna help you or they want to, give you openings or those I think that it kind of all aligns together mm. am I making any sense yes um I think there's a risk of when when your luck's down if you don't control if you don't take control of that at some point then you without really realizing you put this thing shield down in front of you that says everything, uh, everything needs to leave me alone yes and I, I think, so going back to when <clears> I said I was homeless in 2003 or 2004, you have a choice. So that was at the rock bottom, total sort of, you know, maybe depression, mental health issues. But that was the choice. I either want to really get out of here mm. or I end up staying here. Mm. And you have to, you know, you have to really sort of look within yourself and think, do I really want this? Yeah. Uh, and if you don't and you think there is life outside of it, then you've got to fucking work towards yeah. it. Like it's not going to come and sit on your lap. It's incredible that you managed to get yourself out. But I, I think... It, it, yeah, sure, it's great, but I've seen people in worse situations get themselves yeah. out of it, and they are inspirational. But I've seen, you know, there's people on here that have been in worse places than I have, and they've got out of it, and they've literally just said, look, I had no choice. Mm. I either stayed here, which I never wanted to do, or I worked my ass, you know, I worked my ass off, I got my head straight, I got physically fit, and got myself out of it. Yeah. Just by setting myself a bit of a goal, and a, yeah. a goal a deadline yeah. and a plan of how to do it. Yeah. Um, and I think now if people are in those situations, if you're feeling unhappy or negative, you can look for inspiration around you. Yeah. There's so many positive people out there. And, and baby steps as well. Like there's nothing, I think that people can be quite overwhelmed with, uh, say in your, no, I, I can't compare it. I've never been homeless. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare to do that a, a disservice, you know, I'll like, say the wrong thing. But I know I've got family who have who are, you know, not far mentally not not well. If you like, yeah. gosh, that sounds awful. But um, it, I know that to said person, it's a huge leap to even consider trying to pull themselves out mm. to this place, yeah. and and it's an overwhelming leap, and therefore it's too hard. And I think that if there's a way of like really, really like the smallest things, small, really small achievements yeah. lead to much bigger achievements. Yeah, agreed. In, posit in mental health and positivity and things. And it can be really down to if you're having a really shit day, then having a bath, washing your hair, putting makeup on, those sorts of things. Yeah. Well, make, maybe, you know, I don't know how much makeup you wear, but, um, you know, <laughs> those little things can just make you feel a little bit lighter. They can. And, but it's, 
because that, like you said, that end goal was too overwhelming. Yeah. That end goal is too, it's too far, it's unreachable right now. Yeah. And so people think, well, if I can't reach it, what's the point? Yeah. And it's the same when people look at people on Instagram, which could be a killer for that. You just look at these super successful oh people. And what you've seen, but what you haven't seen are those small baby steps they've had yeah. to take yeah. in order to get to where they've got to. Yeah. So people might look at me and say, well, people might look at me and say, oh, okay, she's great, she's fine, she's there. But what are the sacrifices you've had to make? Yeah. Um, I think you're right, you do need to make those yeah. baby steps. And you've got to be and you've got to be aware of them when you are like I would consider myself generally to be very positive uh you know energetic like enthusiastic but if I feel myself slipping I'm really aware of it. Mm. So I will be very acutely aware if I wake up and be like hmm Legui, something's not quite right here some what is it mm. that's not quite right and tackle that yeah. before I go down and down because I know that I can also you know slip down do you believe in having good mental health do you have a mental health hygiene routine like affirmations I don't know like whatever it might be yeah um I do I try and keep I think the biggest thing the biggest thing generally is that people are scared of things they're scared of things happening mm. Things or things not happening, um, and scared of the future. So it's if you can solve whatever it is, then there's no point in worrying. And if you can't, there's no point in worrying. Like it, it, everything is going to be okay somehow. Some things change. Yeah. Everything changes. So no matter what, whatever you're going through right now will not stay in this state. Yeah. At somehow it will change, even if it's negative or positive, doesn't matter. Do you think people are so, I mean, people are really scared of having negative stuff happen to them, right? So yeah. they sort of just stay in this sort of zone yeah. and never really find that true happiness because they've never been here. Yeah. Like, have you always. You don't learn anything from not. You don't. Getting, so having the bad stuff. Being honest, would you now sort of embrace, not bad stuff that happens to you, it's God, like, God forbid, but would you embrace sort of those negative times? Definitely. like? Oh my, like you just said, oh my yeah. God, I've noticed something here, I need to fix it. Definitely. So you sort of like, that's where you're learning, that's where you're sort of being to sort yeah. of lift yourself higher. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because, um, I'm like, you know, things that, that have happened to me in my life where I could, you know, I couldn't have felt more unhappy or, you know, it was, I would consider some things to be like, that was the worst part of my life. I know that I got out of that. Yeah. And I know that I'm fine now. So no matter what, nothing can be worse than that, no? you know? Well, it could be, right? Yeah. So, something else and could happen. And I'll probably happen. recover from that too. Right, exactly. That's the point. It's like, look, no matter what happens to you, you can always, re you can recover from it. Yeah. I, there are some things that obviously you can't, I don't know, like certain illnesses, I get it. Yeah. But I'm talking about, you know, when, something, when you feel like something bad has happened to you, you can recover. Yeah. Is there something that you would do? Like if you, if you feel that something bad has happened to you, is there something that you do? Like, would you exercise? Would yeah. you then, is there something that you would do to sort of start that recovery? Exercise, definitely. Yoga, meditation, uh, music, listening to music, uh, and write things down. If I, if I write it down and get it out, um, then that can be quite cathartic. Mm -hmm. um, I, will, I know, even if I don't feel like going to the, actually not, the gym doesn't, I love going to the gym, but it doesn't have the same feeling for me as going to a yoga class. So I know that even if I feel crappy, I will feel better afterwards. Do you think because yoga is a bit more of, not, not a 
bad way, but it's more self-indulgent. Yeah. Like it's all about you, yoga, because it's about your it's, breathing. It's like giving yourself a cuddle. Yeah, okay. So people that don't understand, but people won't understand that, right? Yeah. People are like, oh, just yoga's about stretching and whatever. Right. It's not. Like if you go to the gym, You've got so many other things around you which could influence, you know, you, you could sort of slack off in the gym quite easily. But I think if you go to yoga and you meditate and you breathe, you focus on yourself, yeah. you come out of there feeling really enlightened. Yeah. And like, okay, it's really good. Yeah. It's not easy exercise. No. But I don't think a lot of people understand the benefits of yoga. No. The mat, for me, can be a bit of a life raft. Yeah. I've, like, sobbed. <laughs> I've sobbed on my mat in Shavasana at the end and being like, you know, when you cry and so hard that you're like, <laughs> <laughs> I've had a couple of sessions where I've been there like, Le pull it together. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. <laughs> but did anyone come up to you? Did anyone say anything? No, just it's fine, you're allowed to yeah. in yoga. Yeah, anything goes, eh? <laughs> anything goes. Yeah, I've heard as that from a few of my guests. As long as I'm not the teacher, guests. then it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that from a few of my guests, anything goes. I won't mention any names. <laughs> Emma. <laughs> but yeah, no, yoga. So you practice yoga still, don't you? Yeah, loads. Loads and loads and loads. Um, I had a yoga studio until quite recently. Yeah. Um, but I teach a lot. And I have yoga DVDs, which weirdly enough, people still buy DVDs. <laughs> like, what's that all about? <laughs> I, mean, put, I can't complain. Can you just put them on a website and get them people to download them? They have that option as yeah, well. Okay, fine. <laughs> So maybe if you're sort of, I'm not going to put an age to it, but if you're in the older generation, still yeah. got a DVD player, then you can still, but where can they buy them on your website? On, yeah, on Amazon, WH Smiths, okay. they're in some supermarkets. There's three, they're called Yoga Made Simple for beginners and improvers. And then this year I'm working on one for children, mm -hmm. um, a yoga and meditation and mindfulness for children. So, I mean, let's all face it, loads of people... No, like that instead of sticking them in front of YouTube or Peppa Pig for yeah. a few hours, they, you can put them in front stretches. of mindfulness and yoga. That's, so that's really cool. What I'm aiming for. Nice. And um, yeah, and then I'll do another one for the adults as well this year. I'm not sure what that will be, but we'll see. So, what is next? What What are you hoping to do? So you, you've got the yoga. I know that you've you've closed your studio, but. What's next? What are you going to do? More of the podcast stuff. Tell us about the podcasts. Um, so it's called Mindset Unfiltered. Mm -hmm. And what I realized, what I thought middle of last year was <clears throat> I've been really lucky working in the world touring car and F1 and around the people I'm around. But that might not last forever. And I'll kick myself if in... 10 years time or five years time and I'm not doing it maybe and be like, why didn't I make the most of these really interesting people that I'm around and get stuff from their brains? You know, I am fascinated by the human psyche and, and what it is, you know, why positivity and negativity, how that all works and, um, you know, and, and athletes have an abundance of positivity. Mm. And what I realise is that the people who are at the top of their game have an abundance of something. And it's that something that I'm fascinated by. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's been really interesting learning about that. And that's kind of evolving a little bit because of this, because of the mental health awareness. I'm sort of, I guess it's also going down that route a little bit. Next week I'm going up to Birmingham to... Um, meet with a company called Talkout that do specifically hone in on mental health 
awareness in the workplace mm -hmm. and because the stats are just awful wow. that's not changed at all and it's just still really bad so talking about that <clears throat> yesterday i interviewed diane gladiator diane jet jet oh my god amazing but she's a clinical uh psychotherapist and counselor and um it was really interesting talking to her so yeah some I love it. I really enjoy doing that. So I guess that will evolve. Okay. I'll, I'm open to how that evolves. I've got another one called Girl on Girl, mm -hmm. which um, clickbait, that title is specifically <laughs> designed for. <laughs> brilliant. Um, but that's about trauma, getting through trauma. I had a big accident, so I've got a scar on my head, which now you can't really see. But for a while, it was quite um, visible and that affected me mentally and physically and mm -hmm. all those things. So recovering from stuff like that and, and fitness and health and blah, blah, blah. Um, the DVDs and just more, more of the same, more world touring car, more. Are you content in what you're doing now? Like, yeah. are, are you happy? Yeah, really happy. Is there, is there an, uh, is, like, is there something like, like a burning desire to sort of achieve something else? Is there something um, like... I want to do more art. So I, I used to do a lot of painting and anyone who knows me as a friend will know that actually I could quite happily just be an, a, an artist wow. all day, every day. And so I'm missing that part of my life, but I'm, I'm struggling to find time. time. Yeah, okay. And, and I while I would be the first person that, to say, well, you have to make time, I can't justify it because a bit like what we were saying earlier, as much as I'm not chasing money, I still, I have to earn. Of course. I have to earn a bit more and I yeah. can't, I can't, those hours don't quite, I can't marry it yeah. up. I, I, has, I, has to, I have to make it for a financial worth, but I, I will do it. So at some point you just want to be able to just find that time just to draw. Yeah. Is it oil painting? Everything. Pa really? I've started um, in the last year or so to try and turn it into a financial thing. I started converting mannequins into lamps. Oh, wow. Um, and then decorating the mannequins. And I did sell quite a few of those. That's quite and cool. And had some commissions because it's an unusual piece of art, basically. Yeah. So I'll probably do more of that. And then yesterday I finished narrating a book for Audible. Wow. Which was... The first time I've ever done that, that yeah. was amazing. So you're just the voice of the... Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, and that's nice. It's called Crossing the Rubicon, mm. and that'll be out, I guess, once they've... How do you do that? Confirmed you... it. Just with... Well, actually, no, not with these, but my, my podcast mic is like a Yeti caster. It's, a, I guess, more of a voice voiceover mic. A a, that's a professional mic. <laughs> yeah, a proper mic, not like this It was mic. a bit overkill, really, for what I was doing. <laughs> I, if I've got it over there, if I lug it around and it's like this spaceship... Um, yeah, and then I just do that. I've kind of soundproof my bedroom a little bit and do it in there. That's amazing. Yeah. You just you read the book? Yeah. That's incredible. So you're a good reader? Y yeah, and I love reading. What are your weaknesses? What's, what's your weakness? Because you do so much. So you, you... Well, that probably is not, is not doing nothing. Mm. I'm not very good at that. And I... Like, I am a preacher for meditation, but I don't actually, unless I'm in a class or I'm teaching meditation, I don't stop and say, oh, you could, you could just do 20 minutes a day. Yeah. That, that would be so beneficial for me, but I'm too active. So you're not giving yourself enough love, really, are you? You're not, looking, you're not truly looking after yourself. No. Are you, do you find yourself wanting to take care of others? Yeah. 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 
Why do you think that is? Is there, is there something like, do you think that, do you get a lot out of helping others and yeah. giving back? Yeah, I love it. Is it sort of, if sort of And it's self-medicine. Self-healing? Self-healing. It is, well, yeah. yeah. Like, it's sort of like, it's an unselfish act for a selfish yeah. reason, sort of way. Yeah. All right, so let's so some questions. I know all the podcast details will be below, of course. I'll share those because I need to listen to the Jet one. My wife doesn't want to talk to my wife that. Um, okay, so... What has been, okay, I know we touched base on this, but what has been your toughest challenge? Um, oh God, you'll have to edit this bit because I'm going to take forever to say <laughs> this. What's been my toughest challenge? What's, or what's been the place where you've been at your, your lowest? Um, probably... Probably when I've lost identity and yeah. and in a mixture of a place, a workplace I don't like, a relationship that I don't like and those things. I've had some really dark times as a result of those two things in yeah. particular. Um, yeah. And, it, and sometimes, and, and oddly enough, my friends would also agree with this. My, I tend to be one of those people where things are quite... Um, things happen to me like if I do have a bit of shit I have a lot of it yeah. in one go like things will be like, <laughs> like whoa dominoes what the hell yeah. um, you know and I remember at one point even a couple of years ago um, you know someone uh, one of my best friends died but also at the same time I, some work stopped and some, you know, it would be like, and this, and this, and this, and this. And, yeah. and that. so when I'm overwhelmed by grief, yeah. I suppose. And then so just get you, and to get out of it, you just like make them baby steps and yeah. just being aware of it. And yeah. Just, yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've received? It, this too will pass. That I yeah. think is just, just brilliant. It will, it will pass. That's nice. That's yeah, really simple. Yeah. Um, if your house was on fire, God forbid, what two things would you run back in and get? I have been in the house fire. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh. Um, so much so that we probably had about 20 seconds before we'd have all died. Wow. I have genuinely been in that question. And um, ironically enough, I didn't take anything because um, I didn't have time to think about it. But I stood outside and the one thing that I found most heartbreaking was hearing my art. As you, I could hear it smash, smash, oh smash, my God. smash as the flames oh, were shit. and the glass was all smashing around the place. And that was the only thing that I gave a crap about losing. Wow. But it's interesting because I was like, wow, that means that nothing else in that whole house mattered. mattered. None of it wow. mattered. But those bits did. So but to... It was quite nice to know that that's as basic as I, as I, yeah, you know that. Yeah, something like handbag or <laughs> yeah, phone. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I don't need any of that crap. You need I to just start creating more art then. I know. <laughs> yeah, well, that says it all, doesn't I it? I um, What's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? I put my dressing gown on, do a wee-wee and get some coffee. Coffee? Coffee's your thing, okay. Yeah. All right, fine. Do you read a book or do you anything? Or do you literally just sit there, just in your own zone? No, in my own zone. No, just, okay. If I can avoid my phone for a while, I will as well. Do you try to, yeah? yeah. Do you find yourself on the phone a lot? No, no. not so much anymore. I don't scroll, I don't do any of that crap at all. Nice. I, I find it 
I almost do it sometimes because I think, what's all the rage about? And then I'm like, no, this oh, is no. so boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, post, but I don't read. Who would play you in a movie of your life? Um, oh, I don't know. Angelina Jolie. Jolie? <laughs> Okay, fine. <laughs> All right. Let's pick some really cool hot people. Three. Three key ingredients to success. Um, oh, when you've said uh, uh, ingredients, I always immediately went avocado <laughs> in my brain. <laughs> Food. <laughs> yeah. Um, three ingredients to success. A determination to keep going and not let things not let the little things pull you down. Keep keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. Yeah. Um, support system around you and self-belief. Do you believe in having good people around you? Yeah, I think, I think you've got to have people that say it's okay, that what you're doing is, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. And it's okay if it doesn't work as well. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's fine. Don't worry. We're behind you. <laughs> yeah. You got this. <laughs> nice. Go, go. <laughs> um, when were you last out of your comfort zone? Um, Some good questions, by the way. Yeah. Um, last week I had, I guess recently, or at the start of this year, so as a result of this, I'm going through a lengthy court battle and my studio also resulted in solicitor mm -hmm. stuff so that was all a little bit like this is a bit grown up and serious for me <laughs> and I found that nerve-wracking which is rare it's rare for me to feel I wouldn't say anxious but nervous yeah um, about what could happen as a result of everything. So I guess that's where my comfort zone is when I don't feel like, yeah, that sort of thing would be. Other than that, um, I don't know, in terms of like what I do or don't do, I don't, I don't, I've never had that feeling. Yeah. So I, and I, I try and evoke that, no, I try and evoke like nervousness yeah. or anything like that um, by doing things that might be, but I don't ever, I almost envy having that feeling. So, because uh, that feeling, you know that nervousness yeah. feeling, that sicky feeling, that's also like adrenaline. Yeah. Right? It's also adrenaline. So I always say to people, look, whenever you feel nervous, remember, no, when you're excited about something, yeah, yeah. it's how you feel. Yeah. Like if you're going on a date for the first time, you get a nervous feeling, that's also the anxiety, that's also that feeling yeah. of when you're nervous. Yeah. And out of your comfort zone. So. It's great. It can be, it can be so good for you. Yeah. Um, because it can get, that feeling can get the best out of you. And it can mm. also, you can find your strength from that feeling. Yeah, if definitely. You, yeah. Um, all right, so some quick fire questions. Oh, God. Uh, texting or talking? Talking. Favourite day of the week? Every day. Pick one. Oh, God. <laughs> Monday. Wow, I like her. Uh, would you rather be able to speak every, every language or talk to animals? Talk to animals. <laughs> okay. Morning or evening? Evening. Say a word in Spanish. Hola. <laughs> what does a person need to be happy? What does a person need? Yeah. They need to realise that their base state is happy and that the unhappy is being caused by downloading various apps to yourself. Look at this one. So All take right. those out. I like that. They are happy in the first place. Nice. Last book you read? Um, Apart from the one you narrated. Apart from the one I narrated. <laughs> um, 
God, I can't remember what it's called. The new Leanne Moriarty one. Um, can't remember. But it was good. That one. It was good. really yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, My Lovely Wife. That's what my, it was. Oh. It's brilliant. It's called, no, it's a psychological, thrillery, scary. Oh, oh really? Yes, good. Oh, Natasha, you need to listen to that. Yeah, okay. yeah. My Lovely my Wife. My Lovely Wife. Right, it's brilliant. She loves that sort of psycho, yeah. twisted. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, savory or sweet? Sweet. Okay. Is it chocolate or sweet? No, no. No, I just thought of sweet popcorn because we went to the cinema the other yeah. day. Otherwise, I'm crisps. Really, yeah, okay. Favourite crisp? Salt and vinegar. Mm, okay, good like, shout. Without a doubt. And what's been your most embarrassing moment? Oh, God, I don't really have, I don't feel that feeling either. If it takes were, a lot to embarrass me. Is there one on TV you thought, oh, shit. That was a bit weird. There have been lots and lots of moments where I... A bit, most of the stuff I do is live, which actually is a blessing because I'll do something and, and just be like, what a dick. Like, <laughs> I sounded like such a... Probably this. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably look back at this and be like, oh my God, Laguie. Do, you know, do you remember the first time you went live on TV? Yes. How was that? <gasps> that was like the only... I remember that again. That was one of those moments where I was like, oh, that this is what nerves is. Yeah. Holy shit. And the very first job I did live, I was working for a, a roulette channel <laughs> called Smart Life Casino. It was the most god-awful thing ever. And it was 24-7, and that shifts were, like, impossibly long. It was the best training ever. They were, like, eight-hour shifts. You did two hours live and then, like, an hour break, two hours live, an hour break. But non-stop. Wow. Non-stop talking Two crap. hours live? Yeah. Long. You'd spin the wheel, um, spin the ball, la la la, and then have to fill for the next minute while people place their chips again. You and you'd just keep talking. Wow, that's pretty hard. That's oh a tough gig. Oh my god, it was it was brilliant training, but it was yeah, it was t really tough. If someone wants to get into TV, what advice would you give them? Um, Don't no joking. <laughs> <It's> yeah, <laughs> nowadays people do. I get messages quite a lot from people who are upcoming. I guess um, nowadays there are a lot more courses of get, of presenter courses. Like there's a really good one at Pinewood Studios, um, and there's one from a company called Presenter Promotions. They're really good, you know. So I would probably recommend doing that in the first place, just to get some base skills yeah. learnt because that would have saved me a bit of time had mm -hmm. I done something like that um, then I would given the nature of what it's like today I would be probably tempted to go out and do it myself yeah. a little bit like YouTube yeah. or phone or whatnot yeah. yeah just feel comfortable in front of the camera mm -hmm. I think yeah because people... there's so much like um, in fact I know when you spoke to Annabelle about that yeah and you know she was really nervous her first couple yeah and it does there's something just it does people suddenly get in front of a camera and go oh i didn't realize it was going to be it can be scary. pretty scary and like, even now like, sometimes you think oh my god like <gasps> you know deep breath but then you just you get into it and it just feels normal yeah it just feels normal yeah oh. and then um and then i yeah i guess it's getting a show real done and then i would still probably go to whatever programs it is that you like or the idea you know and find out what the production company is and just hit a shitload of production companies and yeah. say I'm an brand mm -hmm. new but can I 
come and do something. Yeah, even if you want to get in there just to like have a look, see how it all works. Intern, you know, yeah, just absolutely. come and watch things, just come and, and make some contacts and stuff. That's the route that I would go down. Guys, great bit of advice. Today, we've had Alex Legui on the couch. Thank you so much. It's Thank been a you. pleasure. If you've got any questions for Alex or if you want to find out all her details, I'll put her website in the description below. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Bye. See you soon. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,